tragedy can really rock your world, and especially your social world. Welcome to Friends on Hand, the podcast where we explore the fine art of friendship. I'm Nancy Hand, networking and social confidence coach, and today we are talking to award-winning artist Sandra Angelo, whose special gift is taking people from stick figures to accomplished, realistic artists really fast. She has a fellowship from the Rhode Island School of Design and is just an extraordinary artist in her own right. Welcome, Sandra. I'm so happy to be here, Nancy. I am thrilled to have you here. We have a special subject to talk about today, but there are a few things that I like to just talk about right off the bat. One is how you and I met, which I think is extraordinary because we met online. Yes, we did. And I will I will tell you from the get-go, from the minute I saw you on the screen, I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> You're so because of your art, because of what you do, you're you're bright. You you tell us a little bit about that. We can't see you, but I can hear it even in your voice. Well, you know, I was born to be a fairy art mother and I have a natural talent from seeing people who are really bad. They're so bad their stuff never made it to their mom's fridge. And I can see their potential and I can take them from really bad to really good really fast. And because I do that, people love me. And because I'm loved, I'm always smiling because everybody loves me. And so I live in a very happy world. And, and it, is, it is true. And you just recently um, – oh, wait. I don't want to get into that yet. I have another question for you first. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is one of my favorite questions. And when we talked the other day, you touched on it briefly. And I just would like to put it right here in the front end of things. I like to ask people, is it nature or nurture? Did you arrive on earth ready to be the outgoing person that I know? No, not no. at all. You would no. never recognize the early version of me. People who know her don't even recognize this new person. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you, you had a special name. And I was wondering if you'd share yes. that. When I was a little girl, I grew up in Africa. In the, we were the first white people in the Belgian Congo's Ituri Forest. And they give you a name that's based on your personality. And they, I was three years old. And I was playing with the kids. But they kind of started excluding me. And it didn't bother me because I was building a little tiny mud hut that was just like the hut that the Africans were building. I was busy cutting you know, paper doll dresses out of the Montgomery Ward catalog for my paper doll dresses. And they noticed that I was self-sufficient. So they named me Tokunda Ndiwan Sombara, which means if you don't play with me, I'll play by myself because they could see I was creative and resourceful mm -hmm. and that I didn't need to be included in order to be happy or succeed. I love that. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a, I used to tuck away and read a lot and, and, you know, my siblings were like, come on, come on. I'm like, mm, I'm going to stay here and read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was content. You know, I, I love being with people, but if they don't include me, it's okay. I got plenty to do. Sure. Oh, I love that so much. And, and you did get another name later on, didn't you? Well, what happened was I realized that I, I went through an amazing life. I'm going to write a Netflix series because I live in a screenplay um, but mm -hmm. I had a lot of tragedy. I lived through a war. I got thrown into prison. 
I was separated from my parents, didn't know if they were alive for seven months and all this stuff. And through all the things I went through, I recognized that I was frequently being isolated or rejected. And so I took that on board and I sort of felt like I didn't belong. And so more recently, I started delving into that and saying, let's heal that because Mm -hmm. you belong. And so I went through a series of self-examination process and reading different books. And one of them was Tyler Perry's Hire is Waiting, really Mm -hmm. helped me a lot. And anyway, I read a lot of books and I cleansed all that. And I decided, you know what? I need a new name. Um, I am going to do an African name. My father broke Kilega into writing, but unfortunately that part of the world is not accessible. But Mm -hmm. when I was a refugee, I lived in Kenya. So Swahili is accessible on Google. So I went to Google and I Googled the word I belong. So my my new name is Mimi Wana. And so now I am, my name is I belong. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And and that actually is kind of a good segue into what we're talking about today. Yes. And recently I you have given uh, those of us who know you a peek into your world of of housing your own refugees. Yes. And uh from the California fires and Yes. It's the the <sighs> grace with which you you rolled with that and it was almost i mean just watching you like okay i'm gonna get some refugees and then you you were posting these lives and posting your videos about your existence um you know through that helping them giving them somewhere to stay while they you know weathered through the fires um but you've been through your own you've been through your own fire i and have I just wanted to to talk. We had a little talk the other day about how how your friend group kind of ebbed and flowed in that time, and I would like to explore that with you if you would. Okay, um, on October twenty sixth at nine eleven a.m. two thousand three, my home burnt and my business burned to the ground, along with twenty three hundred other homes in San Diego. And the aftermath was just wild because I lost all my everything I needed to earn a living, everything that I owned. Plus I lost all my friends and family because their homes went down. So Mm -hmm. I had no support system. And so it was a grueling experience. And it was part of my healing was I ended up spending a lot of time alone with God (laughs) crying Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, guttural sounds that would have been prayers if I could have found the words. And these people just started showing up just, you know, like 52 men walked into my life and fixed whatever needed to be done. A demolition expert gave a a quote to the insurance guy. Another guy helped me negotiate with my insurance company, um, on and on. And so during that time, I learned that God is my source and that if I want friends and family, Um, I need to ask him and then he will provide the right person. And so I felt kind of rejected when a few people that I thought were really close to me didn't respond and didn't help me. I thought, wow, here I am in amazing need and you're not showing up. And that's when I started learning that no is an okay answer from a friend. It just means they're not available for that, you know, 
And so I started recognizing that my source was my father. Look up and pray or look up and groan and he will, he'll understand what that means and he will send the person that's supposed to help you. And what I discovered during that time, this was part of the cleansing that changed me from being more isolated to more connected. And that was that I, I discovered that some of the best friendships are born during adversity. And um, I found that people who really show up for you when life is hard, those are the people who really care. You know, uh, everybody wants to be your friend when you're successful. But when you're down, who's there to hold your head when you're throwing up, you know, or to get you out of bed when you can't even get out? Uh, one lady, one of my students came down every day for nine months and got me out of bed because Aww. life was that hard, you know, and um, we became very close friends. And so um, I discovered that I needed to be a part of the community. I needed to have people that um, would be there for me and I needed to develop deep friendships. And um, I'll tell you a really quick story. I took my students on my birthday. I was finally in a place. I had moved five times since the fire. I was finally in a place that my insurance company bought, but all I had was one chair and a blow up bed with a hole in it. So at three, <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning, I had to get up and try to find the pumper and blow it up so I could finish sleeping. That's and always a hole. <laughs> always a hole. And it was my birthday. And I said to God, I would like to have a present. I really need one, but I didn't ask for anything. I just said I want a present. So I took my students to an art show that happens in Little Italy on my birthday every year called Art Walk, and I was being a docent. This is what's good about it. This is what's bad about it. And I rounded the corner, and there was this amazing art. And my insurance company had said to me, you can buy art to replace what you had. And I said, I can do art, but I love this and I'm going to buy it. And so I told the students, I said, this guy is really gifted. He knows composition. He knows how to draw. He knows color theory. And he has put this all together in a very creative way. But you can tell he's had really good training. And I'm going to buy his art because it brings me joy. So I bought the art. And then I said to the booth person, I said, could I meet this guy? Because I write for American Artist and the Artist Magazine. I'd like to interview him. So he came out from behind the booth and he said, a huge smile just splashed across his face. And he said, oh, my God, Sandra Angelo. He says, I am so excited that I found you. He said, 10 years ago, you taught me how to draw. You taught me how to market art. You taught me color theory. And he said, <laughs> I became so successful that my wife, who's a lawyer, quit her job because we're traveling the world making money, tons of money, selling my art full time. And it's all because of you. And, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And Nancy, that was my birthday present because God was saying, not everything burns, Sandra. What you invested in people is still oh. here. Oh, my gosh. You're going to make me cry. That's beautiful. That is so... I you couldn't have gotten a better affirmation. Yeah. Really. And that's what taught me that investing in friendship is so much more important than investing in stuff. And that's why I was so excited that this happened to me midlife 
because mm-hmm. then I didn't spend the rest of my house trying to get another place, you know, a vacation home or a fancier car or a promotion or whatever. I realized that that stuff, I'm an overachiever. So I love awards and I, I've achieved a lot. I'm talking to you from a million dollar penthouse with a 280 degree view of the harbor. And I have my own valet and concierge. Don't get me wrong. I like stuff, but it's mm-hmm. not what matters. What matters is what you invest in people. And that comes back to you in spades. These students put on a party for me in December where 70 people on a weekend in December came and gave me a Christmas party. So I would have an ornament for my tree, you know, and I didn't realize how many people loved me. You know, they just started bringing me clothes and giving me back the books that I had sold them, giving me back the pencils I had sold them. You know, they helped me in unbelievable ways. So I realized that my investment in friendships was where my real wealth was. I am completely humbled by this and and amazed. And I want to ask you, because because of your history and, and the story you've told us, do you think that part of your awakening was learning how to receive friendship in return? Because you are a giver. And yeah. it seems like you've always been that way. How much yeah. how much of this had to do with you relaxing and, and saying, okay, I can receive now too? Yeah, boy, you kind of hit it nail on the head. This, this is like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am a giver and I don't think about what I'm going to get back. You know, I just give because it's what I was created to do and I'm giving my gift to the world. And I just feel like it's my job. It's why I was put here. But it never occurred to me that people would give back, you know, and, um, and that it's so important to make that a priority and to receive. And some of my very best friends now are the people who I gave the most to. And it's not Mm -hmm. because there was any kind of agreement. It was just that when you invest in people, like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, I am loved. <laughs> you know, people love me because I, I change their lives, you know. And when you change somebody's lives, they love you for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a fellow achiever, I can completely identify with having some difficulty receiving things in return. Yeah, it, I like to be the giver. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't want to be a burden and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I found... I found that that learning more about friendship it is a give and take and yes. you you have to be able to receive as well as as well as give of your time and your mm-hmm. your attention really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what the fire did for me. It helped me understand how to receive because I was so needy. I didn't mm-hmm. like it cuz I like to be in charge, you know. <laughs> but I but I was so needy that people, people are so amazing. They're so kind. They're so thoughtful. They're so understanding. If you give them a chance, they will give to you, you know? And so I began to learn how to receive during the fire, the the fire aftermath, because I literally couldn't give. I had nothing. I had nothing. I was, I was that blow up bed with no air in it. Did you have any, any friends that you had already kind of surprise you come out of the blue to help or? Yeah. Uh, it, that's what really surprised me was that when times got tough, you found out who the real friends were. 
Now, don't get me wrong. There's sometimes that people can't walk with you through something because they just don't have that ability. Like me, I don't, I don't have the gift of mercy. I could never go to hospitals and, and things like um, I can't look when they prick my finger, you know? Um, <laughs> and so I, I can't show up for that, but I can do like just recently, my cousin had hip surgery and his wife is like a sister to me. And so, um, so I, I took care of her so she could take care of him, you know? And so I, um, often I will, um, I will notice that friends will show up in the way that they can, you know, mm. and that, and that, but the thing that surprised me the most was how many people showed up that I didn't even know loved me. You know, I didn't even know how much they valued what I had given them, you know, and I didn't know how loyal they were. And I was so surprised at how my investment was still here. I'd only lost stuff, but stuff can be replaced. People can't be, you know? And um, so I really unknowingly had been investing in all the right things. But in my head, I kind of was counting, like, I'm in the right neighborhood now. I have a good car. I, you know, I'm a millionaire. I'm nationally known. I'm famous. I'm, you know, I have an Emmy nomination. I, you know, all this stuff in my head, I was tallying it the way the world does. And the way overachievers receive worth is through, uh -huh. a, is through accomplishment. And so that's what I was, was thinking was my value and my worth. But after the fire, it helped me recognize that what, what really is gold is the relationships and the people and the people who are there for you when you didn't win and the people who are there for you to celebrate when you did, you know? And so, um, I just, I was so grateful that that happened to me in midlife. And so my cousin and I, who also lost her home on the same day, she was the refugee that I was housing this past mm -hmm. couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And cause her, her ranch was in danger. And so the family was living with me for a while. And, um, we were looking at each other when everybody was going crazy over COVID. We were like, these guys are such wimps. This is nothing. You're trapped in your home with plenty of food, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you're Fair. having problems with that because our adversity had taught us habits that helped us turn trials into instant triumph. We didn't have to wait for the future to be happy. We could be happy right now. And that's what you witnessed during this last refugee thing, you saw me having a blast. We, tre yeah. we treated it like a staycation. We were supposed to be in Jamaica this year on a bungalow mm -hmm. over the turquoise water. But hey, we were in my condo with a 280 degree view of the San Diego Harbor, plenty of food, a great kitchen to cook in and all the same people that I wanted to take to Jamaica. So what difference does it make? I'm with the people that I love. So we learn amazing skills. Um, and I actually wrote a book about it called The Gift of Adversity, The 12 Habits That Turn Your Trials Into Instant Triumph. And that was what I learned after the fire. God taught me how to thrive, not just survive, but thrive in the midst of it. And that's what you were witnessing. 
And I, I just jotted a thought down, which is your value isn't what you do. It's who you are. And it isn't where you are. It's who you're with. Yeah. And, and the, what I found and through this work that I'm doing right now is a lot of people plan very carefully for their financial futures and they plan very carefully with, you know, mm-hmm. go to the gym and take care of their health and, mm-hmm. you know, cross all the T's and dot the I's, but they don't plan for their social futures. Right. And it's so unique and so um so personal. Nobody can go out and make your friends for you. Mm-hmm. And you you didn't even know you were banking a social future for yourself through your who you are and and the way you serve, which is beautiful. Yes. I remember before I learned how to cultivate friendships, when I first came to America I had culture shock and I was really weird. I was like an alien on the wrong planet. <laughs> and I didn't, I mean, I spoke five languages. I had a British accent. I wore all the wrong clothes. I didn't know so much. And I, I had trouble mingling. And I remember um, having a party once where nobody came, you know, and I thought, wow, this is really crazy. And I, and through, like I said, through the fire afterwards, I learned the importance of social connections and making that a priority you know Mm -hmm. this last week it was not convenient for me to host my cousin and her family I had some really important things planned that would have had a $50,000 payday but I know that my father has plenty of money he's got resources beyond what I can imagine and that it was worth way more than that to build a memory with my family. You know, that's the real gold. The gold mm. is the people, you know, in your life. And and sometimes it's hard. I think the hardest choice is choosing between good and great, you know, because it's obvious bad yeah. and, and good, but good and great are both good, you know, and it was good for me to host them as refugees for this last week. And we built incredible memories together. And it, it was great for me to do that. It would have been good for me to do my business, but it wouldn't have been great because they would have had to go to a hotel or a shelter or other mm-hmm. friends where it wasn't, where they weren't family, you know, and when you're not family, it's harder. And um, two of them had just had massive operations, surgeries. So I, they really mm-hmm. needed to be somewhere where they could just be themselves, you know. Sure. And that, that I love that. And I wrote that quote down, the hardest choice is between good and great, because that that is really, that's profound, because we know, we know what bad or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. lazy looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a sort of an off, off, off-topic-ish question is, have you met, other than me, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how many friends have you made online since since we have been predominantly online? And have you made any relationships that you would deem maybe, maybe in the budding stages of meaningful? Um, I would say that probably 80% of my friendships, I met them online. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I... Uh, originally, back when I was doing live events um, in San Diego, I was a professor. And so I had lots of amazing fans. And I have some really good friends from that period. But um, 
and I have friends that I, I mean, I have people, my students love me, so they stay with me for life. I have people who've been with me for 30 years, but, um, nice, but I, um, I built a lot of really good friendships online. And a lot of times that leads to being in person at an event or, um, you know, stop popping in to see them when you're in their town or, or just, um, you know, zoom calls or whatever. But I've built a lot of very meaningful friendships online. I love that. And I love that you, that you are, are speaking to that because I have had people ask me like, can you do this online? Oh yeah. And I, I say absolutely, but for a lot of people, it's it's uncharted waters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. they, they don't quite trust that interaction, but I believe this is here to stay. Um, I believe that that if nothing else, when when the dust clears and we're all out and about again, hugging and shaking hands, and I think that online is still going to have a huge presence in our lives, and it will be an avenue for friendship in the future. Online is convenient because you don't have to leave your house and you don't have to, you know, drive someplace, find a parking spot. Online is great for introverts because you don't have to talk. You can just listen, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can start bonding. A lot of people have a guy that I don't even particularly remember. I'm in a big coaching program. I won the top 10 in this 100,000 people that were being coached by this guru. And um, I, I knew who this guy was, but I had no, he'd never said anything to me, I don't think. Maybe we'd said hello or something at an event. But just recently, he private messaged me and he said, I've been watching you. And he says, you bring so much happiness and hope and joy and, and laughter during COVID. And he says, mm-hmm. I, I subscribe to your life. And he said, you are just making such a difference. And he's an introvert. So he had never come up to me, but he was watching me, you know. And I Mm -hmm. think you can watch people online and learn a lot from them until you get the courage to say something or interact with them. It's a little safer somehow, you know, I think in some ways online than it is in person. I know I'm actually an introvert. I'm I'm kind of, uh, (laughs) I'm I'm schizophrenic um, in a way because I can be very outgoing, but I'm an actress. And so that's an act. Um, and then when I'm in a room full of people that, that I don't know, I'm miserable. I hate meeting new people. But if I'm on stage and they know who I am, then I'm fine because then they come up to me, you know. But right. um, I've learned how to be more outgoing. But I think the online is just a safer way to do that. I find myself lurking a lot before I speak, you know. And you can learn a lot. And you can kind of scout out who you want to be friends with, too. And I was just about to ask you, how do you know who you'd like who you'd like to to say hi to? How do you how do you pick your people? I I um, I'm at the age where I don't put up with stuff anymore. I don't <laughs> I don't join people's drama, and I don't you know participate in negativity. That's why I don't watch the news, and um, I I I. Cr- curate my life and my friends. Even when somebody asks to be my friend on Facebook, I look at their timeline. Mm-hmm. If they have swear words, no, the answer is no, because I believe you create with words. Um, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Words create. I don't want to be around people with bad language. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also um, pay attention to whether or not they're positive. 
you know, you don't have to have a great life to be positive. You can have a, a really tough life like I've had and still mm-hmm. become positive and take it on board in, in a good way. So I look to whether they're positive and I love people with a sense of humor, or at least if they think I'm funny, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh, my, uh, my sister thinks I'm funny, so she's allowed. Um, but I, I pay attention to the way they act and react. And if they are rude or unkind to me or anyone else, they get unfriended because I want to live in a world. I call my world the Disneyland for artists. And mm-hmm. so I create this environment where my people can escape from reality. We don't even talk about the bad stuff that's going on. We just talk about art and creativity. I want to come to your condo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to, I call it Sandyland. Everybody wants Sandy to live. Land. Everybody wants to live in Sandyland. And I live in Sandyland a lot, but I also live outside of Sandyland. On some days I have a face plant you know, Mm -hmm. where I'm crying and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't go on. And then I have a formula that gets me out of that hole, you know, and as long as I practice that, I can get right back up again. Will you share that formula? Yes. It's those 12 habits, but I'll share the first one with you because that's a really key one. And this is something I learned from the fire. Norman Vincent Peale wrote a book called the power of positive thinking, which is the book. I have it. It's the book I use to start my Um, business because he taught me how to believe before it happens. And then uh, coincidentally, I'm now on his cabinet for Guideposts, which is an organization that he started. Mm -hmm. And so um, full circle there. But uh, The Power of Positive Thinking and all these other books like Joe Olstein and um, Norman Vincent Peale. And um, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Um, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people who really help you understand how to control your thoughts in your mind. So the first habit in my 12 habits is called breakfast for the brain. And I start it in the morning by going into this room where I have a, a big, comfortable chair that fits me and three kitty cats, peanut butter, jelly, and toast. And we, <laughs> we all sit there. We have a view of the San Diego Bay. And I spend time... Um, feeding my brain. And I feed my brain with the Bible because it's full of wisdom. And it reminds me not to be a bad girl, you know, to (laughs) to be kind to somebody, even when they're not kind. Um, And, um, and also it it has a lot of really good advice. And, um, and then I read from Joel Olstein, who I love, he's like a cheerleader. He's a Christian God-centered cheerleader. And I read books like Tyler Perry's Hire is Waiting. And sometimes I read business books. But at the end of that, and I read guidepost every day because guidepost is full of miracles. And when you see that miracles happens for others, you start believing they can happen for you. And then I write down 10 kisses on the cheek every day because it helps me focus on what God did for me the day before. Mm-hmm. And it develops an attitude of gratitude. And when I start thinking about how life is hard, And then I go, wait, but look, there's all this, you know, and I focus on that. It changes the way that I think. And then the last thing I do is I have a journal for things I can't fix because I'm kind of a bossy pants. I like to run the world. And so I kind of think I'm in charge, but I'm not. But this, when I realize that I'm not and I feel like, okay, I can't fix that. 
Then I write it in this journal for my father. And I say, okay, I can't fix this. I need your help. Please help me with this. And sure enough, he'll come up with an amazing answer. You know, sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's wait. And sometimes it's, I have a better idea, you know. And so um, I put my request in there. And then if I have a little extra time, I will sit there for half an hour to an hour. And I will, some people call it meditating, but I call it just listening to the spirit. And um, I write down all the ideas that I get from another world about how I should be moving through this world. What do I need to do next? How does God want me to invest my gifts uh, with who and in what environment? And I get some amazing ideas for my business and for my life from that productive time. But when I don't have breakfast with the brain, my day is totally different. Just like if I don't have breakfast with the body, you know, I run out of energy and I run out of positivity. So positivity is a daily exercise. It has to be fed. And that would be the number one of my 12 habits. I love everything about that, really. And I, that kind of, um, and this is, we used to go, well, we used to, <laughs> someday we'll do this again. But my husband and I used to take a, a trip for seven days. We'd go to the beach and log off of everything. I called it the castaway beach trip. Oh, and good. Uh-huh. It's sort of the once a year thing where where we really tuned out of the world. Yeah. And the last time we did that was um, 2018. And mm. I didn't think there would be such an impact missing that trip. Mm. And I cannot tell you how much I really like mm-hmm. it. Once we are clear of, of this and can travel and, and um, do that again easily, mm-hmm. I it is it is on the menu forever, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to work some aspects of that into my week. But it's hard when things get busy, it, and it t- does take that conscious effort. So I love that you've made a habit out of this. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, I take note because that is that is where your best ideas come. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's a an incredible piece of advice for self care. We need. Yeah. To, to pause and reconnect right now, especially right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was telling you when we first talked about this interview that I feel like COVID is one of the best things that happened to the world. Yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff, but it, the, it sent us all to our room to think about how we've been behaving. You <laughs> know, <love> And <laughs> then some of us who've been behaving well, our life isn't all that different, you know, but some who have been behaving badly are sitting in the corner thinking about it, you know. And reconsidering, you know, is it important to work so hard so you don't have time to go to the Little League game or you don't have time to go to coffee with your girlfriend or you don't mm-hmm. have time to develop a friendship with somebody in business or whatever? Are you making the right choices? You know, are you making the choices that will make you truly wealthy, truly wealthy? There's a difference between money and riches, you know, and um, they can overlap. Um, but that it isn't measured in uh, dollars and cents and euros and whatever. Um, It's measured in your soul. Uh, Is it well with your soul? You know, and I think that comes from good habits of taking care of yourself and putting yourself first on the airplane. They say, put your own mask on first 
and then you can help others. Because if you can't breathe, you can't help anybody. And so I think self-care is super important and friendships are one of the most important parts of self-care. Hear, hear. I love to hear you say that too. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you just one more question before we go. Okay. If you could go back in time to any past Sandra and give her a piece of advice regarding her friendships and, and social life, what might that be? I would say they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. So go up to them and make them feel comfortable, you know, Hmm. because I'm really sure that my shyness was all about me being obsessed about what they were thinking about me. And they weren't thinking about me. They were (laughs) wondering if anybody was noticing their zit or, you know, that they're, they had a run in their stockings. If anybody's old enough to remember that. And, um, you know, People are looking for friendship. And sometimes when you go up to people, they'll be snotty and they'll be rude. And then you just know that person isn't going to be a part of your world. But you found Mm -hmm. that out. They identified themselves. But sometimes when you go up to them, it can become really cool. And the second thing about friendship is I feel like one of the best ways to make friends is to help first. You know, give first Mm -hmm. and then you will receive. Uh, And don't expect to receive. Don't give so that you can receive. Just give, and it will come back to you. I have a really cute story about that. And and this lady is a dear friend of mine now, but I met her at a conference. And, you know, one of the breaks, you know, you know me, I think, well enough now if you if if we were live together in person, I'm just the same as, as I am online. Yes. And so I'm like... <laughs> and I went and I sat down next to this lady and she was, she didn't even look up stony even. And I was like, humph, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, I was a little put out. I was like, okay, you're not even yeah. going to lift your head and say, I look all right. Be like, be that way. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so I sat next to her and as I was sitting next to her, the peace and the calm radiating off that lady was, 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 it, it, I felt it physically. Wow. And I mean, my energy level was like, and then, and it was like, and then, and then by, you know, 15 minutes later, just after sitting next to her, I was like, oh, (laughs) and, and, you know, at the next break, she looked up and she's like, she was totally friendly. And I think I needed to just resonate with her energetically and not because we were on completely different energetic levels. Yeah. Yeah. And her level felt really good. Yeah. You know, my level did too, but, but, you know, having Mm -hmm. a moment to sit and really get peaceful next to someone who was in a complete state of peace. Yeah. Made a huge difference for me. And so, so at first, you know, at first glance, it, it didn't seem like it was going to be a friendly, you know, like, we'd be buds, but I love her and she loves me and it's awesome. Good. Good. Sometimes we tend, we can tend to act like an untrained dog, you know, and <laughs> yes. jump all over people and, and lick them in the face and all this. And it's like, you know what? They like dogs, but they just don't want you to lick their face, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you do have to be sensitive to that other person's energy and where they are. That's a really interesting story. Yeah. So, well, it has been an absolute joy having you here. Thank you so much for coming. 
and, and taking some time to talk with me about friendship, which I, I really believe is incredibly important, especially now we need yes. to spread that spirit of, of, um, of peace and friendship. Yes. Now, and for my, yeah. Now more than ever, friendship is the true gold, the true commodity that we need in our lives. And so mm-hmm. I'm so excited that I got a chance to share with you. And it's always a pleasure to be around you. Me, I'm glad you came. And for my listeners, if you would love to connect with Sandra, you can find her at www.learntodrawfast.com. And Sandra, if you'd like to share any of your social media uh, handles, you can do that. Yes, I'm not all that great on social media, but um, I am on Facebook. You can find me there. And um, it's Sandra Let's see. I think it's Sandra with only one A in the middle. Sandra Angelo, A-N-G-E-L-O with only one A in the middle. I think that's my Facebook. And then I also have on Facebook, I have a place called Sandyland, S-A-N-D-I-L-A-N-D. And it's a group where I post all the funny stuff and all the, you know, and it's a place where I give free lessons when I'm doing, uh, getting ready to launch a course and stuff like that. So oh, fantastic. I forget exactly. Let me just look up the handle for it really quick. And I can you know. I can put that in the um in the notes along. Yeah. With- it's called Sandy Land Your Art Village, where art is a way of living. Wonderful. Yeah. And also for my listeners, if any of this resonated with you and you yearn to have deeper and more meaningful friendships and more supportive professional networks, connect with me. It's all about connection. And you can find me at nancytiltonhand.com. And if you're listening to this in the fall of 2020, I have some really cool live and live in the virtual world, but it, it's still a live event coming up. And you can find out more about the events coming up and some free live webinars also at www.fohdive.com. And remember, friendships make you smarter, happier, healthier, stronger, and not to mention being absolutely fun, fulfilling, and joyful. So get out there and make a new friend, and I'll see you next time.